0: Welcome to Carrying Wayward, a Supernatural podcast for fans who aren't ready to let go and newcomers to the series who are ready to jump in. I'm Marie Vigourou.
1: And I'm Drew Shulman. In this episode, we're diving into Supernatural Season 1, Episode 9, Home. Let's get this show on the road. (sighs)
0: I have to say, Drew, I am so excited to record this episode with you. You know, because I've been raving about it for so long.
1: I feel like even though we've had this like long break, every little once in a while, they would be like, have you watched it yet? What are your thoughts? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to start getting into it now because I want to save it for the show. Oh
0: my goodness. I just, this is just such an important episode. Foundationally and just narratively and in every way that you can imagine for this show, it is so important. It was written by Kripke, Mm -hmm. and so we really need to give it the time that it deserves. Would you like to go ahead and give us your weekly recap? Sure. All right. Three, two, one, go.
1: Sam starts having weird dreams about a woman in a house yelling for help, and the only thing he can remember is a weird, creepy tree he keeps drawing over and over again, until suddenly he remembers the tree from a picture of him and his brother and their parents... And it turns out it's their old home. And Dean's all... Sam's all like, we gotta go. And Dean's all like, "Uh, this is not important. This is not... This is just a dream. Why would we go? And Sam reveals his dreams might be prophecies. <gasps> Could this be a thing? Because as he reveals, which he hadn't up until this point, he had had visions of Jess's death before it happened. <gasps> Reveal. Right away in the cold open, almost. We then get uh, them going back to their childhood home. Uh, Dean right away goes for the lie of like, oh, we're here. And Sam just goes, no, 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 I'm telling her the truth. We grew up here. It's our old home. We want to see it. And she's all like, oh, I found some pictures recently. And starts revealing some weird stuff may have been going on, but things she can kind of ignore, like, you know, drippy faucets and flu. And then the daughter goes, no, 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 there's a thing in my closet. Alarm bells go off. We then have... The boys doing their research, they find a psychic in town named Missouri, which it turns out their father may have been going to see, and they track her down, and she's the new best character on the show, and I love her, and I hope she comes back, and they take her to the house, and she does a reading, and she's all like, "Mm, there's some spirits in this place. Nope, no good. But it's not the thing that took their mother. (gasps) But something's bad. They begin to uh, perform a ceremony to try to clean the house. They seem to be successful despite some um, action along the way. And they decide everything looks good. She's all like, yeah, no more spirits. But Sam's just like, mm, I don't know. I want to stand the night. I don't trust this. And lo and behold, something goes wrong that night. The vision from his dreams exactly as he saw it. Her in the window screaming for help. And they break into the house. Sam fights with the thing. And then literally turns to the kids and repeats John's exact words and tells the little girl to take her little brother out and don't look back and go as fast as she can and oh we're gonna have to unpack that one. And then he gets attacked by a spirit, another spirit shows up, and before Dean can shoot it, Sam's like, no wait it's mom Yup, we get to see her for the first time. Mary's back or here for the first time really. Unfortunately she leaves just as quickly as she showed up, taking the other spirit with her and saving the house. We have a classic happy ending until we get a little surprise at the end and Missouri goes back and meets John at her home.
0: That was an excellent recap.
1: So much ahead of us for this episode. Shall we jump right into the long game and get started?
0: Yes, thank you. Of course. This episode has a few parallels with a later season, with season Mm -hmm. 13, and I just want us to keep in mind, I want to note it... We're not going to know what it means yet, but Missouri, the moment that she touches Sam's hand, goes like, oh honey, I'm sorry about your girlfriend and your father, he's missing. Mm-hmm. Like So she knows already that he's suffered some losses and that he's grieving. We also have another scene of Dean isolating himself on the side of a building to like desperately ask for help. And we'll, we'll get oh into the God, analysis yeah. of that scene. Uh, but that's something that happens again in... Season 13, that's 1301, and it's just so heartbreaking each time because any time that you see Dean really, like, opening up is always very emotionally taxing, I find, because it's so intense.
1: Yeah, it's just he's someone who doesn't open up easily. Like, the few times we've seen him get emotional, they seem to be either very short moments and he realizes it Mm -hmm. and then immediately goes to cover it up with a joke, or they are very personal moments, like when he speaks to the kid in uh, Dead in the Water. It's very mm-hmm. it's between him and a kid who is effectively mute. It's not really publicly mm-hmm. sharing his emotions. Mm-hmm. So to have him be this emotional that he has to excuse himself and hide and just leave a voicemail for dad and hope he hears it because it is too much for him to do alone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it says a lot.
0: Another thing that I wanted to just like note is mm-hmm. the fact that Sam, when, he, when he's talking to Misery, he goes, dad going missing, Jessica dying, and now this house all happening at once. It feels like something's starting, which gave me chills. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but that line gave me chills. But I, I, I remember, especially the first time that I watched it, thinking, why starting? You know, like, could... I feel like if I had been in his situation, I would have been like, oh, maybe things are finally, like, coming to an end, you know? Like, we're coming to the denouement yeah. of this story. But Sam says, starting. And, I, and it, it stuck with me. And we're going to keep that in mind, again, for the analysis.
1: Yeah, it feels a bit, like, I think from a viewer standpoint, that makes sense. But from someone inside the scene, you're right, that seems like an odd choice of words. Mm -hmm. Most people, you know, you encounter something bad and you're like, oh, no, something's happening. Starting feels weird, but also ominous. uh, Yeah, ominous. But also given what Missouri does state at the end of the episode to John about Sam, Mm -hmm. maybe there's more that he's feeling that he's not saying out loud.
0: Yep. Agreed. Agreed with you. There's definitely more to Sam. We're starting to see it. And speaking of which, mm-hmm. there's this point when Missouri looks straight at Sam in uh, when they're in the house in Sam's old nursery. And mm-hmm. she goes, real evil came to you. It walked this house. That kind of evil leaves wounds. And sometimes wounds get infected. And that word is very important.
1: Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good choice of words to describe the scenario, but... With where you're aiming me a little bit with this, I am definitely, the ge- my gears are turning with thoughts. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I have a very vague idea of where this kind of goes with Sam and Dean and their relationship to beings not of this world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that does lead me to a lot of questions.
0: Ooh. And finally, the last thing that I will say in terms of the long game is that this is the first time that we see hex bags. We're, they're not called that. They're just, they're not actually called anything in this episode. Mm-hmm. But in later uh, episodes, they're called hex bags. They come back and they come back throughout the show. And, and it, I don't know if you noticed, but they contain Crossroads dirt.
1: Yes, that definitely stood right? out to me. Uh, number okay. one. Number two, they are something I am quite aware of. A lot of Wiccan uh, mm-hmm. uh, studies still to this day will use them as a way of protecting a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way you may still, when you're buying your first home or someone's buying a home, you may offer them sage to burn in the house to uh, rid it of mm-hmm. any evil spirits. Hex bags are something that are still surprisingly common today. Uh, I know there's been a lot of stories of people, whether just be online, sharing them on Twitter or Reddit during renovations, finding them in the walls of their house and deciding to leave them there. Uh, Mm -hmm. because obviously they were needed or they feel they may have been doing something why disturb them? Mm -hmm. Uh, So again, kind of like the burning the bones and salting the bones I love those kind of things coming in. It also made me a bit curious as to why they were so aware of burning and salting bones but the idea of hex bags seems so bizarre to them. (laughs) Again, learning. Maybe John never used them or didn't believe in them as much but I thought that was kind of interesting. And also, I'm going to share this one thing because I thought it was just too cute. The fact that clearly Missouri is reading both their minds pretty regularly, <laughs> and has very often turned to you know to to, uh, to Dean and said something, and Dean goes to taste something that's going into the bag, and immediately like makes that yuck face like a baby, and you know she knows and did not say a word. <laughs> <laughs> Just need that out there. She's oh having my fun. Goodness. Listen, I love we're going to
0: talk about Dean and Missouri's relationship in the analysis because I have things to say about it. I have so oh many my things God. to say about it.
1: Please tell me she comes back in the show at some point.
0: Oh, Drew, she comes back once.
1: Oh, that's not good. Coming no, back once means dying.
0: Well, listen, I feel like you're hinting at like a recurring issue within Supernatural, uh, which... We don't have time to talk about today. Let's move into story time. So I wanted to talk about some aspects of the the brothers' dynamics. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you actually mentioned in the recap. And I wanted to kind of like scratch at that a little bit. Ooh, yes. Um, Yeah, because when they meet Jenny, Dean starts to lie instantly. Like it's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're the da-da-da. But Sam cuts him off instantly too. Why do you think that is?
1: I think there's a perceived connection to this person because of the dreams he's having that okay. he feels like he's meant to be here that he's meant to mm. save, protect, or be involved that the okay. lying doesn't seem necessary
0: ooh, I love that it's you know what it's interesting because it this the perceived connection to me is the the key mm-hmm. word right because Jenny doesn't know Sam or Dean for that matter. Mm-hmm. And yet Sam feels like he knows her. So that perceived connection is actually really interesting. And like if you're looking at it also like from a very practical standpoint, Sam is also establishing himself as the leader of this particular hunt. Mm-hmm. Um and I also felt like not lying in this episode was Interesting, given that Sam also came clean to Dean about his nightmares about Jessica.
1: hmm
0: Right? So there's something about this episode, and there, this phrase is also used by Jenny, you know, about fresh starts.
1: Oh, true.
0: Right? So this is a, a fresh start for Jenny, hopefully. Mm-hmm. This was a fresh start for Sam in telling Dean the truth. Um, this is also, like we mentioned, right? Something is starting,
1: so mm. s- something is starting. A so, fresh start, right? not in the most lovely sense, but a fresh one, right?
0: Ex- <laughs> exactly. So, and it's interesting because you know, for something to start, something also has to end, and before something ends, there's usually like a purging time, like mm-hmm. some time where things like get broken down and recycled, and 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 yeah, just purged. And so I feel like. We should really look at this episode under that lens of, like, beginnings through purging.
1: I like that, and it also brings up a few things I want to share, which is, one, the fact they still do lie once in this episode. Okay. They do lie to the mechanic, saying they're cops looking at old cold cases, which Mm -hmm. I think only goes to exemplify the telling of the truth they do, that Mm -hmm. they're not giving up lying, they're Mm -hmm. just choosing to reveal truths in the right place and time and they're now valuing that more
0: well it gives it, meaning to their truth right mm-hmm. it gives weight to that truth exactly. that's being said so rarely can we talk about sam's delight of seeing someone call out dean and that oh someone my God. being missouri yes
1: <laughs> He I just think, looks
0: like a kid in a candy store. He is oh so my God. cute when he makes Every that face and that smile.
1: single time she said something and called him out. <laughs> Sam, the, the, the cutaway to Sam with that little bit of like, not even a smile, but just like a, oh, you're allowed to do that? Yes. You can call <laughs> Dean out on things? Oh my God, it was so delightful. And even just Dean's reactions to having someone boss him around. Like, yeah, his yep. like, yeah, Sam's occasionally taking lead, but having someone in a parental sense kind uh, of lay the smack down on him. Yes. I mean, Misery's very motherly. Their only yes. connection to her is through their father. I mean mm-hmm. it makes sense that there's that weird connection of like, this is the last person who really communicated with my father without me. Uh she is like the first person we've met who has a connection to dad that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. She comes across very parental and very, I don't want to say she takes like a John-like role for them in any way, shape, or form, but I feel like in that parental like sense, she might a little bit.
0: Well, listen, we'll come to find out the type of parent that John was.
1: I'm worried about that.
0: Yep. But Missouri really comes off as an actual parent, right? Mm -hmm. And Dean loves it. And you can tell because... Mm -hmm right after Missouri tells Dean that he's the one who's going to clean up the entire mess of the house. And he (laughs) makes like a face and he's like, Ooh, um, don't swear at me. (laughs) Exactly. Don't cuss at me. (laughs) The next scene, you know, he holds her arm to help her down the stairs. So Mm -hmm. clearly he values her so very much. And her parenting him clearly means a lot to him. And we'll see Basically, just how little Dean was parented and how much oh, how much parenting Dean. he actually did. I know, Dean! <laughs> but there's also one last dynamic that I want to talk to you about. Oh, please. Did you notice that, so usually the dynamic is that, like, Dean freaks out and then Sam brings him back and grounds him, right? We've seen mm-hmm. this a couple of times. But this time, it's the other way around. So Sam can't think straight about how to save Jenny and her family. And Dean has to ground him by saying, you know, if this was any other job, what would we do?
1: Oh, I didn't even, I mean, I caught the line, but I didn't even catch that dynamic. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. What does that say about Sam? Like, just what is, what about this case makes it? Oh, is he tying it to Jess and how he's now realizing his inaction?
0: I think it's because it ties to family, mm-hmm. Fa- and family, and I include Jess in the term family here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sam will see definitely um, feels that the stakes are much higher when his family is a, is is on the line, and I think that this is one of the first times that we're truly seeing it. And here he feels like maybe he could get some answers. About his mom, about about Jess, and it just, he's having trouble sort of, like, keeping, just keeping his feet on the ground.
1: Yeah, it really comes across as there's, like, it, it feels out of place that there's such a personal connection to mm-hmm. the people he's saving. In this case, I think it's more, its it's the setting, it's the location, it's the memory of this home and what happened there that he can't let go. And the idea that this might be the thing that took their mom is just playing with him emotionally and mentally in a way that he wasn't ready for. Exactly. Which is so interesting that Dean is able to be the one to calm him down. Mm-hmm. Again, feeding into my theory that Dean knows more than he's letting on. I'm just saying. Uh...
0: <laughs> the Dean what, sorry?
1: Dean knows more than he's letting on. I'm just saying it now. Uh... Something's up. <laughs> Something's fishy. <laughs>
0: So our next podcast will be about, (laughs) you know, supernatural fan fiction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next Christmas is fan is all my theories. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh, my God. Well, so I think that it also says, you know, you could take it a step further and say that Dean has always been in charge of Sam in many ways, right? And when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. And so this is just another time so maybe Dean is just falling into that old pattern of like calming Sam down whenever he's feeling anxious or troubled or or whatever mm-hmm. because you know this probably isn't the first time that Sam is a little scared about something and Dean had to sort of step up and say hey listen like it'll be okay like what what can we do logically what can we what are the what steps can we take in order to feel safer
1: Yeah. And I mean, the last time they were in a very similar scenario in this exact same, you know, yard, he had to be the big brother and save little brother. So
0: speaking of which,
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: the follow up to some of that conversation is basically Dean telling Sam what he remembers about the night that their mom died. Right. Yes. Fire, the heat and carrying Sam up the front door. And we find out that Sam didn't actually know about this. True. Um, and, and Dean sort of acts as if he's surprised that Sam didn't know. But let me, like, again, scratch at that a little bit. Because for Sam to know, Dean would have had to tell him. Because mm-hmm. Sam was six months old, right, when, yeah. when this happened. And then Dean follows up by saying, you know dad's story as well as I do. And John's story doesn't mention Dean carrying Sam outside. So since this is the first time that Dean actually says it, he knows that Sam didn't know and he's just playing off of it.
1: I missed that completely in the watch through. I didn't even catch that.
0: Listen, this is our first peek at how much Dean has been present for Sam growing up and Mm -hmm. how much he has shielded him from things. We'll find out later just how much he did of that. But for now, we know that he pulled him out of the fire and that he protected him from that particular information because, and here I speak from experience, when you feel responsible for people, when you love people, you shield them from difficult truths, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and this is really what we're getting a glimpse of here. And we've talked about this a little earlier about how when Dean doesn't know what to do, he calls John and he really breaks down during that phone call, right? Yeah, Um this is the first time that we actually see him, like, crying. And this moment is right after he puts on a brave face for Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells him, like, you know, what would we do if this was any other job? And he's, he seems really grounded and level-headed. And then he has to step out in order to deal with his own emotional state.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: And, like, oh, my gosh. I know this is so, such a heavy episode. I... Anyway... <laughs> And if we think of the religious tones that the show takes on later, I'm really re- reading this phone call as a prayer to John. Dean doesn't know what to do, so he begs his absent father for help, um, much like some people would pray to God in a similar moment of despair, right? Mm-hmm. So what what does that tell us about where Dean puts his faith, in your opinion?
1: I mean he puts his faith his faith in his father. He believes mm. truly that this is the the ultimate savior. He feels like if, you know, if if dad showed up in the middle of that fight, everything would just end and John would be sitting there with like a babe on each arm, cracking open a beer, being like, "That was easy."
0: And why do you think Sam's not the one to call when just last episode he was so desperately wanting to find John? And and what does that tell us about where Sam puts his faith?
1: Where his faith is, that I'm still very quizzical on. I think he is very much the, if we think of it as the classic believer versus Mm non-believer, he wants to find John for his own reasons, but doesn't believe Mm -hmm. that he is something great. He believes John is just a man and he has questions, he has conversations, he has closure Mm -hmm. he needs and wants. But even when I was saying before, the way Dean would call him, questioning now you to fact check me... Has Sam ever been the one to call John and leave a voicemail or try him?
0: That is a good question. I'm not sure that he has. But I know that the boys have been calling together, so I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: I can picture the scene of them at the end of um, Phantom Traveler when they hear that one of the guys spoke to his dad, spoke to John recently. And they're at the back of the car. Like, it may have been either one of them calling
0: Actually, yes, Sam does call John because we talked about this in Phantom Traveler. You're right. At the end, he calls John and he's able, you know, he's he's crying on the phone and, and asking him for help. And Dean is just shut down in the background. Like he is just unable to, to mentally process what is happening.
1: So even though there's been no answer, Dean still believes there's a chance. Sam has yeah. seen this as a nope. For now,
0: I just thought that this was a, it was just such a telling moment for me in how yeah. they reacted very differently in, in this moment, right? Like Sam freaking out and then Dean being able to calm him down, mm-hmm.
1: then Dean
0: freaking out and calling his dad for help and then not being able to get that reassurance. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and that's where you see just how much Dean has parented Sam because Sam doesn't call his dad for help, right? Right. He has his brother right there, Mm -hmm. and that's his—that's his parental figure. Oh, Dean! Oh, Dean!
1: (laughs) Damn it! If we don't—if we don't have just an odd Dean shirt one of these days, (laughs) Dean. (laughs) Four E's. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll get on the design right now.
0: Okay, so we, we've, we're making religious parallels, so let's not stop here. No, let's keep going. If we, for a second, think of John as God, right? In the, in, in the, in the metaphor that's happening, right? Where Dean mm-hmm. prays to John. Then maybe we can think of his journal as the brother's Bible.
1: I think that's a very um, fair uh, metaphor.
0: Thank you. Because when they're looking for a psychic or the psychic that John had uh, reached out to, Sam is reading the names of a few people from the phone book and he gets Mm -hmm. to Missouri Mosley. And then Dean remembers something he's seen in the journal, you know, which was, I went to Missouri and I learned the truth.
2: Mm -hmm. And then Dean
0: says, I thought he meant the state. And this is so deliciously interesting to me. (laughs) Because at its core and foundation, I've talked about hermeneutics before, but hermeneutics was a way to read and to make meaning of religious and sacred texts. And so even you and I, when we interpret each Supernatural episode, Mm -hmm. more and more meaning comes to light when we exchange and when we figure out new information. And this is exactly what's happening to Sam and Dean. They're making meaning of John's journal, which is their own sacred text.
1: Oh yeah, it is just a very... I can't put words to it it's just it says a lot that one how quickly Dean realized this quote which mm-hmm. means he's clearly been reading it over and over it's to the point where certain passages have just stuck with him especially yeah. the ones that he hasn't found meaning in yet mm-hmm. so to sit here and have it revealed to him this way is just so oddly poetic
0: oh, right you also mentioned in your recap That Sam tells Sari, the little girl, take your brother outside as fast as you can. Don't look back. (gasps) Yup. Which is exactly what John told Dean in the first episode, 22 some years ago.
1: And there is no way, if this is the story, knowing that Sam didn't know that Dean was the one who carried him out, there is no way he can know those lines.
0: Oh my god! That is exactly what I have in my
1: notes. (laughs) Oh, is it? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Like, Like, there was a part of me that, like, kind of, like, that's where I was going already. But having spoken about Dean more in this episode, it made me really go, like, oh, no, no. It's not, like, maybe he's heard it before. Maybe it was in the retelling. No, no. This is clearly a line he has never heard. And he doesn't know where it's from. Which is weird.
0: Which is so weird. I mean... It's the exact same thing. And of course, you know, we know that this is written by people, da-da-da-da-da, but for now, like, we're just focusing on the story. There is no way that he would have known that these are the exact words that have been said. Um, And this is one of the examples of, like, the circular narratives in Supernatural, mm-hmm. which a lot of them come back. Um, And also, a few episodes ago, we talked about how Dean is a lot like his mom and Sam is a lot like his dad. And I feel like this is definitely like one little nugget of evidence to support that Mm -hmm. that sam in many ways is very similar to his dad
1: yeah like i can definitely see from the writing standpoint of like wanting to drive that point home it's a great visual for the audience or audio visual for the audience but again given what missouri says later in the episode to john at Mm -hmm. the very end that there's powers that, that you know sam was showing some signs of powers that she's shocked he couldn't sense him there maybe mm. he sent something from the hu- the house or from his mother's spirit who was clearly there at the time there exactly. is i i really believe there is some link happening in some sense whether it's completely obvious or if it just came to him in a flash and it just sounded like the right thing to say because mm. he was replaying it in his head somehow even though he couldn't have remembered it
0: can we talk about the Absolutely heartbreaking moment where Sam makes his first memory of his mother.
1: Oh, my God, that would be, wouldn't it? <gasps> oh.
0: <laughs> Isn't this show just, like, emotionally devastating?
1: That is so rough. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listeners, we're going to give Drew a few moments for him to just, like, take that in. <laughs> and, um, yeah.
1: I'm just trying to play this scene in my head. Like, because he says to Dean, like, don't shoot. I can see her now. Mm. Like, I, I know it was obviously revealed to the camera to see, so we so we all see it's Mary. But how to feel that, to see that, to have the connection... Is it just that she revealed herself? Is it that his powers, whatever it is, kicked in and connected to her? Mm. Oh.
0: Yeah. I mean... So just to put some words on all of that... Yeah, please make words out of my gibberish soup. Well, listen, it's not gibberish soup. It's just... You're reacting to this because it's the first (laughs) time you're realizing it. And... Let me tell you, my dear sir, there are many more of these realizations to come.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited and so worried.
0: I mean, so Dean remembers Mary, but Sam doesn't because, as we said, he was only six months old when she died. Mm -hmm. So this really would be the first time that he sees her and that he's going to remember her. And then not only is that heartbreaking enough, but then the moment is cut short because she apologizes to him
1: yeah what was that about
0: well i can't tell you but we will find i know you out. can't tell me
1: <laughs> this is gonna be half these these the best episodes are the ones where i go but and you go uh uh uh, 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 uh. uh
0: and uh, to add another layer of you know melodrama
1: mm-hmm. mary's
0: spirit essentially dies protecting sam right the same way that she died protecting him twenty-two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest; I didn't have any clear indication that twenty-two years ago, when she died, that was her specifically saving.
0: Well, she was trying to she was trying to, to protect him at the very least, right? We're not sure if I she mean, yeah, saved that can be that can him, be... but she was certainly trying to protect him from some intruder in his mm-hmm. bedroom. Damn. Listeners, I wish you could see Drew's face right now. It is just utter and total like despair.
1: <laughs> oh, Sam. Right? Both of so them. We,
0: we've said Dean a lot, but we can definitely say Sam!
1: <laughs> oh, Sam. Why must these boys need hugs all the time? Why must I need to hug them?
0: Oh, uh, listen, they definitely need hugs.
1: Whew, where do we go from here?
0: I think we're gonna move into critical time. <laughs>
1: If I may start Critical Time, if I may take the reins for Critical Time and start really quickly. Sure. Now that we are outside of the bubble of the show, and we are into the outside a little bit, kudos, Mr. Kripke, and the team that worked with you for putting together this narrative, these characters, this world, Mm -hmm. the... Last how many minutes of the show you listened to that was basically me having an existential crisis, making all these realizations, and just, like, coming to tears over these boys.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I'm an emotional guy, but that is a lot to put on me in one episode and have me react the way I did. Mm. Like, that is
0: I mean, it sort of ties in, yeah, it it ties in also to the, the theme that we were discussing, right? The fresh start through purging, and I think that that's what we're seeing, right? Like... You are now seeing the series and the boys in a different way than you did before. But in order to do that, things had to break down in order for them to get rebuilt and to be able to start fresh.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what more of a breakdown than having this interaction, having this so many things taken away and having so many things brought back and just sort of it really... I'm so intrigued to watch the next episode to see how it feels moving forward from this. Mm. Because this feels like such a monumental shift to just them as characters, their relationship, and the world they're in.
0: I actually have a point to bring into Critical Time.
1: Please? And it ties
0: into what we were just discussing. Um, this episode was originally called The Journey Home which to me, right? It it like it's st- I also stopped for a second when I read that and it sort of helped me make sense of Sam's comment about it feeling like something was starting because a journey is an ongoing process and mm-hmm. maybe we can look at this episode as being the beginning of the boy's journey to figure out what home is and what it means to them. I sort of wish that they had kept that original title
1: I see your point, but I think I prefer the title of just home. Okay. I feel like it makes it feel like more of a point. Mm Because the journey home, I feel like there's just that that cliche line of, you know, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. So giving it the title of journey home makes it feel like everything around the home is more important than the home itself. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the location and what it means to them is just so mm-hmm. symbolic and powerful that to downplay it seems unfair to it and your point is right it is the beginning yeah. of something new it is the start of a journey but it's the starting point the journey is yet to come
0: okay so to you like this is more this is very like a geographic thing right where we mm-hmm. the home the actual home is important so, I agree that for this particular episode, like it is very geographic and and maybe that's also the meaning that the boys ascribe to home at the moment, right It's a mm-hmm. geographic place, it's a house where you know where our family was still whole quotation mm-hmm. marks so i think I think that in that sense, I agree with you I think again, like it's so hard for me to to not look at it like from a bird's eye view and to see mm-hmm. how much their 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 Interpretation or like their understanding of home and family evolves throughout the 15 years. That to me, it does feel like the beginning of a journey as well, like from a a series perspective. But for an episode perspective, I totally agree with what you're saying. I was actually wondering, Drew, because it's in this episode, there's two supernatural entities, right? There's the Mm -hmm. poltergeist, and then there's the spirit of their mom. I was wondering if you knew anything about poltergeists versus like benevolent spirits because clearly their mom is a form of a benevolent spirit even though they mm-hmm. don't like nothing is really explained in this episode, right? Much like in The Boy's Life, I guess nothing is really explained. And I was sort of wondering if just on a very like lore um standpoint there was anything that we should know about this episode and the the spirits that we encounter.
1: So it is interesting, uh poltergeist generally is just a spirit that is causing trouble. It's very okay. it, it is very very vague. There is no I'm sure there's some more specifics to the origin of the word and where it comes from because it is a bit of a weird word. I imagine the roots got to be something very interesting and I'd love to remind me to look that up later. But as a a, a creature as an entity they tend to just really be spirits that cause disturbances. I think the most cliche example of a poltergeist would be the film Poltergeist. Heck, mm. the brothers even referenced the uh, movie during the episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, they do uh, when
1: talking about Missouri's um, Zeldaing. I believe is the term they use, or they they yeah. reference the the Exorcist from that movie. Uh, and again, poltergeists have been listed in many different cases, many different stories, many different interpretations. Like in the movie Poltergeist, we talk about it being built on an Indian burial ground, and that's why the spirits are there. It's Mm. never specifically said they're the spirits of the deceased. They're just there because the place is in turmoil, which really, now that I say it out loud, ties in really well with this episode. That this is a spear that is there because of the environment, less Mm. because it has a tie to this specific place. It just needed a place to roost, and a place Mm. that was already so wounded by darkness was an easy place.
0: Yeah. I mean, Missouri does say that, right? That it that exactly. the evil that walked in Sam's nursery
1: left wounds. Poltergeist is basically a synonym for spirit. There really isn't a major distinction. Poltergeists tend to be the term used for a spirit that is noisy and troublesome. And mm-hmm. in most of the stories I have read or seen or they've been brought up, it's rarely a spirit that has a reason to be in a specific place. Mm. So if you think of any movie you've seen where there is a ghost or a spirit causing trouble somewhere, but doesn't have a specific tie to that location. It's not like a someone was murdered in this house and their ghost is now here. It's just a... It's almost like a a hobo ghost just passing through and causing trouble. That's kind of your poltergeist. So it's... It's... You know... It's kind of like, I think of like a demon almost, like the way we've had demons. There's like, you know, the demon in Phantom Traveler wasn't mm-hmm. specifically haunting a specific plane because it, okay. it was just being a demon in a place that it was being a demon. Poltergeists are kind of just spirits causing trouble where trouble can be caused.
0: So Mary Mary's spirit is tied to the house, mm-hmm. right? But the poltergeist isn't. And therefore the poltergeist would have been able to move on, I suppose, to other places. Is that a correct interpretation? Whereas Mary's spirit would not have been able to do that.
1: Yeah, let's say uh, why the the hex bags didn't work, I I can't know. Maybe it was just too powerful given the the area or the the house was already so cursed by darkness because of previous events, the hex bags weren't enough to expel it. But the poltergeist could have just been shooed off and it would have found somewhere else. If we think of other mythical creatures and other uh spiritual lore type things, you might consider it like uh like an actual physical creature. You might get rid of its home and it might just settle hmm. somewhere else. It's not necessarily defeated, it's just moved on.
0: Interesting. So just on a um to to clarify something that you said earlier, I looked up the etymology of poltergeist. Oh please, thank <laughs> you. Yes. It is a German word.
1: Not surprised.
0: Right? Exactly. Uh it comes from the words poltergeist Poultern, which is to create a disturbance, mm-hmm. and, and Geist, which is ghost.
1: There you go. I mean, that yeah. pretty much describes that, verbatim are, what I was saying. It's was a noisy ghost.
0: Say, yes. <laughs> Your description was so spot on that it basically described <laughs> the etymology of it. So congrats. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm so
1: happy about that. You have no idea how, that, how happy that makes me.
0: <laughs> That's really amazing. Thank you so much. Um... I mean, I have to be really honest with you. I didn't have that much to say about this episode.
1: I think that's a sign of a good episode, though. And there's so much to discuss in the story that there's so little to discuss in the critical Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. As I said, we've discussed Poltergeist a bit just for the knowledge sake. We've discussed just how impressed I am with the writing team. And clearly, Eric or whatever combination of minds put (laughs) this together together. It just goes to show how much care and thought went into every single moment, the way it's made us both feel and awe so many times.
0: Yeah. I mean, can we also give flowers to like, to Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki for their acting chops on this episode? Like, I mean, wow. Just wow.
1: I'd like to introduce this week's voicemail from Lily Reed. And I do want to remind people to send in their voicemails. We always love to hear from everyone.
2: Hey, I'm Lily Reed. Um, I am so grateful, and I want to say a huge thank you to Carrying Wayward for having me on the show. Um, it's really an honor. I love the podcast, I love Supernatural, all the actors, everything is just great. Um, <clears throat> on that note, it's honestly really sad that Supernatural has ended, for now. That's a huge for now. But... To the Supernatural cast, and whoever else is producing or anything with Supernatural is listening, I will be posting a trailer of a project I'm doing that's related to Supernatural on my Twitter, uh, Lily Reed 2007 And I just want to say that I'm thinking of maybe having, I have an idea of a new, like, series kind of run on, and it can be, like, it can have many seasons if that's what you decide on and if that's where the story goes if this happens. And um, other than that, it can be short, like, only eight episodes or how many episodes you guys want each season. But I think there's many storylines that we can bring out in this. <laughs> and, yeah, so if you guys uh, want to check it out or message me, You can add me on Twitter, lily2007. And I can send you the script I've been writing so far. I haven't really done a lot of them. I'm already on, like, the third one a little bit because I just kind of want to stop there and see where it goes. But, yeah. Uh, So just, if you want, you can message me on Twitter. And thank you all for an amazing show. And thank you, Carrying Wayward, for having me on your show.
1: Lily, first things first. Thank you. That was so adorable. I love hearing from everyone and I love that you used the platform to share because I want I want to be part of the community. I want us to be a part of a greater community of fans and creators and whether you're doing fan fiction or other projects or other podcasts or just sharing your theories. We want to hear from you. We want to share with you. We want to be involved with this community and I just want to say thank you for so many kind words, and I do hope anyone related to the show in any capacity is listening, because we do want to thank you. As I've said many times, this show is a really well-put-together show, and I am enthralled And it's even only so many episodes in, and you can also reach us at our, you know, contact information at the end of the episode if you want to get involved in the show as well. Just saying.
0: (laughs) Lily, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Honestly, it's I'm actually going to quote Vanessa Zoltan from uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text who often talks about her professors, Stephanie Paulsell, about when do you know that a work whether it's a book or or a movie, any any work like any work of art or any creative work is a work of love. And Stephanie Paulsell says that we know that a work is a work of love when it allows people to create to use that work as a starting point to create more things and if that's not the case with supernatural then I really don't know what is um so thank you for thank you Lily for for bringing this up And I sincerely wish you all the best in your project, and I really hope that you manage to do what you want with it, and that a lot of people reach out to you.
1: From here, I guess we can jump into our crossroads.
0: Amazing. Would you like to get us started?
1: I really don't know what I would change about this episode.
0: But you must.
1: I I know I must, and if I have to make a change at the crossroads, I think I would have liked... And again, maybe I'm going to find out down the road that this is something that's already been happening and I wasn't aware of it and that's even better. Mm -hmm. I think I would have liked more sprinklings of John throughout the episode. I would have liked Mm. to have gotten to the end and been like, I knew it because of something that someone said or someone did or just some little obscure detail that you're going to point at and go, well, actually, if you go back to the garage and you notice X, Y, and Z it's clear that John must have gone there first to see him and make sure that he didn't tell the boys that he was in town. Mm. Like, I just feel like it's a great reveal, but I feel like a great reveal is made so much better when you can look back and go, I should have known.
2: Ooh,
0: I like that. I'd never thought of that before, but I really like it. I am going to go in a completely different direction.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love when you do. Please.
0: Um, and I am going to cheat a little bit because, yeah, my Crossroads deal isn't so much about this episode, but it, anyway, it echoes something that we discussed. I would have liked to see more of Missouri in the series. I yeah. We've discussed that she does come back, but...
1: hmm I'm presuming under less than enjoyable circumstances.
0: Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but she does come back once. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I really, really wish that she had come back more and that she had become part of, like, that the boys' family a bit more. Because, we know, we talked about Sam's perceived connection to Jenny. But I would argue that there's definitely a perceived connection from Missouri to the boys because she knows Mm -hmm. John. She knows of the boys. She has seen the boys before. You know, she tells Dean that she, that he was like a goofy looking kid. So yes. clearly, like, she feels a connection that they don't feel towards her. And it would have been really nice to see them build that bond with her. But in order to get something, you must give something, which you didn't actually give anything back. True. So, so you'll have that? to think about that. And the obvious price for this is, is the fact that family would take on a different meaning Mm. much earlier in the series than it actually does. So it would mean redefining family not only as blood, but as chosen much earlier than they actually do. But I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, like I can kind of see like from the, the, the direction the show is clearly steering us, the idea of having a safe place of i picture like the occasional episode of starting with them with her Mm -hmm. as they're picking out their next case or she brings something to their attention that she's heard about almost like a Mm -hmm. to use a really weird connection here like almost like a zordon from power rangers she's sort of just a home base character (laughs) i couldn't think of anyone else to use in that example a master splinter to the ninja turtles i can go nerdier if i need to
2: Hit, but just, hit, like,
1: hit. not always being part of the crew, not always being in every episode, but sort of just being the, we can fall back and retreat to the safe yes. home that is Missouri's place. Mm-hmm. Which, again, would definitely change the dynamics and what we're likely going towards with the brothers, especially given the themes of family. It would also be a great plot point of what would happen if that was that sanctuary was ever defiled, which is a terrible thought. I don't want to have to start writing in my head.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, she really... So so
0: what would you give away?
1: So if I had to... So I am looking at adding to the show in a way of more storytelling then I feel like you'd have to take away some storytelling and maybe the thing I take away is the ending scene. Really? Maybe rather than having the moment of Missouri blatantly stating you know this uh sam clearly has a a power how could he not detect you and then revealing that john was there maybe giving that up and giving us more subtle clues to it in the episode to kind of build something of like kind of like and it actually kind of does happen and just wasn't as obvious when you bring up the fact that what sam says to Saria as she as she runs out of the house the uh quoting john verbatim Had they done more of that or had they done more little things throughout the episode to not just hint at John maybe having been in town or is still in town, but also to this perceived power that Sam has, whether, I don't know, maybe Missouri reacts to something that isn't clearly said, but Sam also reacts to it and you're like, well, why is Sam reacting to that? Mm -hmm. I think I would have preferred more mystery Mm -hmm. as much as I appreciate the reveal And I think it gives me a lot to think about going forward. I think it would have been more fun to go forward thinking I knew those things, not having been blatantly told them.
0: Ooh, so you would have liked to be shown, not told. Yes. Okay.
1: You've been listening to Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast produced by Rochelle Castellano, hosted by Mary Vigarou, and myself, Drew Shulman. This week, we'd like to thank Lily for her voicemail. You can send us a voice recording at carryingwayward at gmail.com. Or mention us on Twitter and Instagram using at carryingwayward. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts for weekly content including special episodes. Leave us a review on whatever platform you use. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week.
2: Carry on our wayward friends.